0: the
1: glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the podcast. In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay, hold on. What? We al- we always started this off the same way and we always do the right. sort of cordial- cordialities, right? right. The, how
0: are you doing? Doing good. Yeah. yeah. It's a madhouse. Act- you you know I wanna know how I'm actually doing? Yes. I am I feel like my brain's about to explode. It is a madhouse here. And not just because of the sinus cold, but also just because of all the various things going on. Exciting things, good things, wonderful things, but a lot. A lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot going on <laughs> at the church.
1: A lot of like like you said, a lot of good stuff, good mm-hmm. growth stuff. Yeah. Uh that's happening. But then even in our personal lives, we got all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. You gotta yeah.
0: Be- yeah. Tough situation at home right now with the basement situation?
1: Yeah, with the basement, not like... No, not with the tough family. Tough situation at home means oh, like, right, oh, we need yeah. to talk about your marriage. Or, mm, you know, you, mm, all that. No, it's not that. If you did, uh, would
0: you come to me for pastoral counseling? On the podcast. <laughs> Live, for everyone, Live for everyone to listen to. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's get... We let's, should. We should. We let's sh- get started. Let's get started. Okay. So we are clearing up the rest of Deuteronomy from chapter 24 onwards and then into Joshua. Chapter 11. Yeah, chapter 11. Joshua was the fa- my favorite book of the Bible when I was a kid. I just loved reading about all the battles. Yeah. I was just like a bloodthirsty child. I just loved... All my toys were like swords and guns. I just loved... I wanted to be Joshua. All
1: of a sudden, I don't feel so safe being in this n- tight little room it's with you. It's a pretty small room. Uh, we have we have Alex. <laughs> Alex always listens live while we record. Right. Uh, so at least I've got uh, that sort of accountability, <laughs> uh, keeping <laughs> an eye on you, keeping you in check. Sure. Uh, so let's talk about the forest. What is what is like? Sometimes we have multiple forest things that are the sort of like the big pictures that are being taught. This mm-hmm. one almost seems to have just a big picture. Sure. Even though we're covering two books, it's the uh, the out of one
0: and the end of the other. It seems to have the one big picture, which is? Um, the realization of God's promise is how you put it. And, and when I had kind of prepared as well, I kind of put the inevitability of God's plan. But essentially, they're, they're kind of one and the same. That God is going to do the things that he has said he's going to do.
1: And, and as he says multiple times here at the end of Deuteronomy, today... Yeah. Today is your day. Today's mm. the day that you're going in. Yeah. Right. So Deuteronomy is, is something that takes place really quickly. We talked about that last week. Right. Yeah. It's just over the course of maybe three or four days. It's all essentially one kind of uh, maybe a collection of a couple of speeches uh, is set to send them into the promised land. Yeah. And that's where we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um I mean, there's a whole lot that happens in in this week's reading. So we're going to skim over some of the things just because there's so much that we actually really want to get into. Um, So obviously, you know, the reading starts with some more miscellaneous laws. There's a direction uh, that Moses gives to the people saying that, you know, once they enter into the promised land, they're to build an altar and write the law on it and read the law aloud. Um, And we're going to see that come up later. And then we get into Moses kind of explaining Once again, the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience in chapter 28.
1: Right, because a lot of, like we said last week, Deuteronomy is a restating of the law. The purpose is that uh, they are going to be reminded, this is the land that you've been given that was promised to your fathers. It's no longer a promise for a someday. Today is the day. Today is the day you're going to receive it, and it's going to be realized. Remember what you're supposed to do while you're in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember
0: the consequences, good and bad. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then there's an interesting little thing that God comes in and tells them.
0: Yeah, so, well, he essentially says that you are not going to be able to do this. Like, I'm telling you, this is, these are all the benefits if you follow God, but essentially you're not going to follow God, and this is what's going to happen. And he goes into great detail.
1: Not because of the plan's flawed. No, because the people are flawed. Because the people are flawed. Yeah. And he, and he I, I find it interesting. Like we were saying in the the pre-show prep, uh, imagine a dad saying to his son, "Hey, you know what? You have to be home at ten. Mm-hmm. But when you come home at eleven, you're going to be grounded. So go ahead and clear your next your calendar for <laughs> the next weekend because you're going to be home at eleven. And, and you got to imagine that kid just being like, Dad." Yeah, that's not true. You think you know me, Dad?
0: I'm not like that,
1: right? And then the kid what shows up at eleven, and uh, yeah, and it is what it is, <laughs> right? But it's got to be. I, I think about this like we we're talking about this from Moses' perspective. It's got to be a bit discouraging for Moses to hear from God, yeah. Sing this, write to them this song of uh, of their punishment, but God's faithfulness. Uh, at their repentance, because all of that's been done going into this, and, and Moses even says it says it himself. I've been with you for all this time through the desert. God has carried you; your clothes haven't worn out. And we're moving into the promise. And I'm I'm I know for a fact, if you acted this way with me here, what are you going to do when I'm yeah. gone?
0: Yeah. And actually, he Moses goes so far ahead in time; like he even talks about like the Babylonian exile. Oh yeah. Right. Like he gets right. all the way like verse thirty six. He's like, the Lord will bring you and your uh, you and your king whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. Like it's like Moses is looking at the long game when he's when he's explaining it to these people.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. So then we get on uh, further into this and we start kind of Moses is kind of preparing his succession plan. Right. So we know that Joshua is going to succeed him. Um, and then and then Moses decides to write a song. Yeah. Yeah. Moses, the songwriter.
1: Moses, the songwriter. And it's interesting because in this secession plan, uh, it's not only Moses preparing the secession, mm. but it's also God preparing. True. Right? So God gives Moses these instructions mm. in chapter 32 that are
0: uh, are quite interesting. Right? Yeah. Well, so, so, <laughs> so, so Moses is writing the song for the people and he's teaching it. He's saying, like, you guys got to learn the song. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know it. Make sure you remember it. And the song is about their rebellion against God. Right. Like and and songs are songs are so often used um like s- when you attach words to melody, it's easier to remember. That's mm-hmm. just kind of the way sure. the human mind works. And so Moses wants to make it very clear to them through their learning of the song, the the rebellion that has already occurred and the rebellion that is inevitably going to occur.
1: Right. And so so you would wonder if if this song persists through time, Mm. if all of a sudden the generations who are the rebellious and are facing the exile under, you know, way, way later on. Mm -hmm. Uh, if if they're gonna be going,
0: Oh,
1: that's what that meant. Oh, now I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. No, I hear you. Well, even even between now, like where we are in the story and then, there are multiple times still where you know the nation of Israel is suffering for their rebellion. And there's kind of this like back and forth thing. Once you get into judges we'll see a lot of that and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. nauseating really to, to read about it. But
1: Yeah, and, and then there's there's this thing when Moses talks about his own death mm-hmm. or, or God teaches Moses about his death because this is going to be the secession. Moses is going to, at the very end of the book, he is going to die and that is when the new leader is going to take over. Uh, he has brought them to the land mm-hmm. and then Joshua will bring them into the land, right? and And the thing that I find particularly interesting is is presuming Moses as the author, Uh, by the divine inspiration of God, Uh, 32, 48 says, That very day the Lord spoke to Moses, Hmm. Go up this mountain of the uh, Abram, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite of the Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel for a possession, and die. Hmm. Go up there. Look, look into the land of Canaan, Mm -hmm. and then die. Yeah, which
0: is crazy. And I mean, so Moses is Moses is an old man. I mean, Moses is 120 years Mm -hmm. old at this point, but Moses is healthy. Like it's it's it says that his eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated, right? So Moses is Moses is doing pretty good for 120.
1: I I would like to think that at 100, my vigor would be unabated. (laughs) At 40, my vigor is a little abated. I got to admit. Yeah. But do you think he needed a checklist for that? Look into Canaan mm. and die. He's like, <laughs> look into Canaan, check,
0: die. Okay, okay. There was uh. something.
1: There was something else I was supposed to do while I was here, but you know how it is. You walk up the mountain and you don't remember what you walked up the mountain for. And yeah, so, yeah what
0: maybe, yeah, maybe it was the walk up the mountain that like killed him those are tough
1: instructions man. that that's tough yeah those are tough instructions mm-hmm. uh but uh, but understanding like like we look at him and we think that's that's a tragic thing then it, it comes to pass in in chapter mm-hmm. 34 mm-hmm. Uh, that that this is exactly what happens uh but again he walked from that temporal earthly promise mm-hmm. that he didn't receive mm-hmm. into the presence of God right. Yeah, in an afterlife, which is which is more, which yeah, he could not have anticipated. The,
0: the the promised land of Canaan is is a picture of God's heavenly kingdom, which we'll all enjoy, right? One day. So I mean essentially he just kind of skipped a middle step and just went went straight to the upgrade. So Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, and now we get into Joshua. Yeah, Joshua is an exciting book. I love, I love the book of Joshua. Yeah, you I love, said that. I love the way. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to continue to say that. Um, I love the way it starts. I love just the first kind of the first conversation um, that the Lord has with Joshua is just um, very stirring. Right. Especially when you consider the task that is set before Joshua Mm -hmm. and and God's repeatedly telling him, be strong and courageous. He tells it to him multiple times.
1: Right. Because it's one thing to have a plan and to say this is what's going to happen and it's going to be epic and it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to take a lot from you. It's another thing to actually know that it is time. Yeah. Right? It is time and these things are actually happening and you you can only imagine the anticipation building up inside of this man mm-hmm. as Moses who has been leading them from the beginning is telling them these are the days. This these are the final days. I'm going to go up this mountain and I'm not going to come back and at that point you are the guy. Mm-hmm. Take them into the land. Yeah. And so there there has to be so much emotion and adrenaline running through him that uh, some of it really excited, some of it really heavy mm-hmm. uh, because here his mentor uh, and the leader of the nation is gone and everything has now come to his shoulders. He's been anticipating this. Uh, this has to be a, a really powerful time of all kinds of ups and downs mm-hmm. going on inside of his mind. And The first thing that God does is, is he begins the story with saying, hey, not you've got this, I've got this. Yeah, yeah. This was my plan. You're the person that's going to carry out this plan. So go do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think so. You, you made a kind of a funny comment about people making this "be strong and courageous" passage their their life verse, but there is there is a condition to Joshua's being strong and courageous.
1: Right, and, and I. <laughs> People are going to eventually get tired of me saying, read the whole passage and get the whole context and don't pull verses. If, If a verse does not work inside of its context, you're using it the wrong way. Yeah. Right. If you if you have to trim off the front and the back in order to make a verse say what you want it to say, then it doesn't say what you want it to say. Yeah. Right. And that's just how it works. It works that way in all kinds of communication. We would never allow a news agency. uh, We're not going to get into whether how much this actually happens. But Mm. we would never be happy with a news agency that would clip videos from here and there and put these hard cuts that we would look and say that is obviously heavily edited and not exactly what was said in that speech, right? We want it to be the whole thing because we understand the context matters. But yet with the scripture, Mm -hmm. uh, just because someone a couple hundred years ago decided to divide it up for us Mm -hmm. so that we can find passages more easily, we're happy to just sort of take them and be like, oh, this is... Uh, like the Proverbs, right? This is just this one standalone statement, and I can move it wherever I want to, and it still holds true. Right. Uh, But there's more to that than this. So be strong and courageous,
0: Mm -hmm. but let's read the whole thing. Read it for us. I'll read Joshua 1. I'll just read 7 through 9. So this is God speaking to Joshua. He says, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So, so the, the being strong and courageous is couched in this command also to walk diligently according to the law, to not depart from it, to meditate on it day and night, right? And so so if we're going to apply this verse of being strong and courageous to our own lives, we must be willing to walk according to the calling that God has given us diligently and meditate on his word day and night and not depart from it to the left hand or the right hand. Only then can we accurately and, and and biblically apply this to ourselves, I think.
1: Yeah, and so so I would tell someone be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. Right? Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. I'm not afraid of telling someone that in their life situation. Sure. So, in so much as we are certain that they are about the work of God. Mm-hmm. Because the point here, the, the way this gets misused, uh, some people might be listening to this and being like, okay, so maybe we're being a little bit touchy with this. Uh, but no, the, there's there's an entirely uh, different idea that, that is a foundation that this is being built on. If we look at it in sort of the way that it gets used modernly, uh, the idea is that because you're a believer, God is on your side mm-hmm. and whatever you do, he is going to prosper because of who you are mm-hmm. as someone who has gifted him your allegiance. Right. Right. And so he owes you because you because an infinite God mm-hmm. is just overwhelmed. The fact that you would choose him. Right. An infinite holy God lacking in nothing, lacked nothing except for your your attention. And right. you gave that to him. And that's so precious. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting that's that's way too cynical. I, I will. Alex can rip that out of here. No, no. no don't. OK. <laughs>
0: and
1: so and so. So what happens is we look at this from this personal perspective and we say, oh, because of who I am, mm. I can be strong and courageous and go do my thing because the Lord, my God is with me. Mm. But that's the exact opposite of what he's saying here. What he's saying here is, I have a plan, and you have been called into that plan. Know my plan. Consecrate yourself. Be about my plan, and you can be strong and courageous because of my plan and because of who I am and because of what I'm going to do. Mm. But don't veer off the plan. Mm -hmm. Don't start doing your own thing. Mm -hmm. Don't look to the left or to the right, but instead, know my plan participate in my plan and know that I am going to bring about those things that I have promised to bring about.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: And so you can move forward in confidence. That'll preach, bro. So where does it work? Where does this work and where would I say be strong and courageous? Uh, if somebody comes to me and they say, hey, I've got a friend, family member, co-worker who doesn't know Christ mm-hmm. and I'm going to be sharing the gospel with them and I'm a little bit nervous about it. God has called us to share the gospel with those people in our sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. And I would say, be strong and courageous. The yeah. Lord your God is with you. Yeah. Someone comes to me and they say, hey, there's this opportunity for me to go and serve in ministry, in mission field or, or vocationally or whatever. And, uh, and I really feel that God is leading me into this. I would say, be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. The Lord your God is with you. You are about the work that he has called you to. Yeah. Right. Those, those kinds of areas where we are doing what it is that God has called us to. Uh, and, and so I, I think it is applicable and it's a great verse of confidence in those areas. Right. Um, outside of that, uh, we, we got to really do some, some searching of the heart and mm-hmm. quick gut check and yeah, sniff test and for sure. all those kinds of things just to see, you know, what, what am I really going for? Am I asking God to empower what I'm about right. or am I putting myself under the hand of God and doing what he's about? Right. That's where this verse comes right, in, right? Right. Yeah. No, Off I the you. soapbox
0: now. I hear you. Okay. Well, then we get into Joshua 2, The story of Rahab hiding the spies. Oh, this is the, that great story where Rahab lies to bring about the will
1: of God. Yeah, that's right. What do you think about that? Uh, you, moving on. Moving on. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so some things, some things <laughs> like that are just always going to be a question. Oh, I know. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I yeah. I yeah. I don't. I mean. It's like it's like well, what about people who hid Jews during the Nazi? You know, it's like well, yeah, that was probably a good thing. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's just move on. Yeah, let's just move on. It'll come up probably the next question. Yeah, we'll thing. we'll leave it for we'll the Q and A. We'll deal with it then, and we'll do we'll deal with it exactly how we dealt with it here. <laughs> All right, and then so okay, so um, yeah, so then Joshua three, the people are commanded to follow the ark. The waters are heaped up to one side. Right, so the Jordan is split, and they walk across on dry land. Yeah,
1: what do you know? So that sounds familiar. It's a callback. It is. It's a yeah. callback for sure. So, so what we see, and and uh, what we see is the sort of they they leave slavery mm-hmm. in the pursuit of God's promise, mm-hmm. with waters parting mm-hmm. and the crossing into dry land. Mm-hmm. That is not the generation that is moving into Canaan. Right. That was the previous generation, their fathers. Mm -hmm. And so this group enters into the promise that their fathers were supposed to enter into in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you said, a lot of times it's just called the book ending of the wilderness. Exactly. Right? Uh, They enter into the wilderness in this way. They leave the wilderness in that way. And on that day, the manna stops and they eat of the land.
0: Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's go time. I I I love this chapter in in Israel's history. It's just like, now, finally, all this waiting has been, is, is coming to an end, and now it's time to actually go in and take it. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, Joshua, Joshua 4, so, so then we have this instruction of God for a man of each tribe to get a stone, and to, to put them together, and they're going to be these memorial stones, and the purpose of these stones is to remind the people of what God did there. It's, they're to use it to teach their children. I know. Last week, I kind of went on a bit of a tangent about teaching children, but but yeah, it's an it's an object lesson, really, and, and a reminder, a physical reminder of what God did for His people.
1: Right, and it also shows the segue that we talked about. Uh, or maybe we didn't talk about it too much, but uh, the the segue from Moses into Joshua, mm. and, and these tr- the transition of these eras, uh, and and the bringing about the the realization of God's plan for them to enter into Canaan because in Deuteronomy the chapters that we are reading this week there is Moses command to build such an altar yeah and here we have the altar being built yeah right yeah. Uh, and so so we see these things coming to light it, it's reading I, I think the only way to begin Joshua is to read the end of Deuteronomy at the same time because I think it just elevates the excitement. Oh, yeah. Right. Like all of these things become that much more exciting when you see maybe not the songs of destruction and and it's (laughs) all going to fail in the end. Uh, But to see how they they are moving from the promise into the real the reception and the realization of that promise. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then the following chapter, um, there's this the, the, the mass circumcision, which occurs. So I guess the whole generation in the wilderness, they just not done that. So now it's. Time to do that, and, and it tells them why because they had to walk around. Because they were traveling, <laughs> would have prevented the walk. <laughs> they had to walk around, which only makes sense. Yep, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then, okay, then this amazing encounter at the end of chapter five with the commander of the Lord's army. Yes, and he appears to Joshua, and Joshua says, "Are you for us or for our enemies?" And the commander of the Lord's army says, "Nope." What a weird. What a weird that wasn't an option. Right. See in, in in Joshua's mind there's two options, right? There's like there's us or there's them. And the commander is like, "No, you forgot one side. That's God." Right. <laughs> and I'm for him. Right. <laughs> that's 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 my job. Right. And and your job,
1: Joshua, is to be on God's side.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. So right. so it is not Israel that I am for. Mm -hmm. It is God that I am for. And God is doing his
0: work through Israel. Mm -hmm. Right. And insofar as you remain centered in the pursuit of God, you will be successful.
1: Yeah. Right. But but you know what? It's not just a thing that you read by quickly. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you read it, especially when you read in that mindset, when he's like, are you for us or against us? Right. Because I'm either going to attack you or I'm going to put you into the ranks. Mm -hmm. And the guy's just like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Forget this right and this is where he receives the so so it's worth noting here they were moving in with a plan they had sent spies they had spied out the land they were moving forward with strength and with courage to do what god had called them to do and god interrupts that without judging them he's not saying you shouldn't have gone about it this way he just interrupts that to say hey I'm going to interject here a plan that you never would have considered before that is going to require more strength and courage mm. even than the plan that you had. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So then we get into the recount of the uh, the fall of Jericho, which everybody really knows. We don't have to get too. We've into all that. colored that sheet. Yeah. We've, we've all, all s-
1: colored that sheet numerous times. You can see it in your head. Yeah. Oh, right?
0: yeah. The, or the the VeggieTales version. I love that the, mm-hmm. with the slushies. I think it's the French peas. That are the the citizens of, of Jericho, which is just great. Anyways. Well
1: well that is because of the Monty Python reference, I That's think. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. totally they it's a Monty they, Python and biblical reference at oh, the man. same time. Just I don't know how I feel about that, but so it is funny. <laughs> next <laughs>
0: level. Okay. Anyways. Um then okay, well then then we have a bit of an issue. So so mm-hmm. far Israel's been doing well. And so far so hold on. So, so far, far
1: they've been there like a day. Or, or seven days. Okay. They've maybe been, a week, yeah. They've been a there a week. Yeah.
0: So far, so good. Yeah, yeah. Week one, good. Week two, not so good, I guess. Then there's Aiken. Yeah, man, Aiken, What are you thinking, buddy? Yeah. So he he essentially he disregards God's instruction as to what is to be done with the spoils of war.
1: And and I think this is important because there, are, this is one of those opportunities where people like to come in and they like to say, it, it was a really that big of a deal. And, and I think there are a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One. God has told them that he will provide for them. Right, He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees the need and provides Mm -hmm. for them. And so he has told them to consecrate everything as holy and unto him in a sacrifice. It is self-preservation that would cause us to say there is resource here. I don't know when resource will come again. Mm-hmm. I should make use of this resource and trust in it and not that God will provide in the next mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. And so there is something of faithlessness that comes with keeping to yourself these things. Right. Uh, he, calls it, he calls it covetousness. He mm-hmm. sees these things and he covets them, mm-hmm. uh, but he covets them in an act of faithlessness. Yeah. The other thing that I think the Bible points out really strongly here is that these things were devoted Mm-hmm. These things were given to God, and they mm-hmm. were gods. And for us to take what is God's is the same thing that Adam and Eve did, mm-hmm. the, the wisdom and the knowledge of good and evil that they took for themselves but was set apart for God, mm-hmm. and they have transgressed. They have crossed a line. They have claimed something for themselves that is not their own. Yeah. And that is all encompassed. And so he grabbed a silver cup, and he hid it under his tent. And we might look at that and say, well, is that action really a big deal? There, there's more than that. But, yeah, there's yeah, but but essentially, is, is grabbing a couple of things like that and really worth the stoning and burning of him and his entire family. Mm-hmm. But there's a heart behind these actions. Oh, yeah. And the heart behind these actions says, "I don't necessarily trust the plan of God, mm-hmm. and
0: I want for myself what belongs only to God." Yeah. And, and, and his sin within that assembly negatively affected, I mean, the outcome of that battle. Right, So it wasn't even just that his sin was an issue within his own heart, but it was negatively impacting the people of God around him. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. When we, when we consider sin, a lot of times when we look at sin, we look at it from a very individualistic view because we're very individualistic people. But we have to understand that the sin that's in our hearts often spills over to negatively affect others around us. And I, 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 I believe that, that personal sin amongst certain people can have a negative impact and does regularly have a negative impact on the church even mm-hmm. right Absolutely. this is something that this is something that need that's why it needs to be addressed that's why it's something that needs to be taken seriously because there are there are consequences that go beyond the individual when mm-hmm. an individual has sin
1: right right yeah in the book of revelation when you look at the letters to the churches it's not only those who are participating in the sins of Jezebel who are condemned but those people who tolerate yep that Right. Uh and so so that's the thing. The way the way that this is drawn out, tomorrow we're going to divide the people up and mm-hmm. we're gonna call a tribe and a family and a clan. Uh and and so sleep tight everyone. Yeah, seriously. Tomorrow we're gonna figure out so you think Aiken slept that night? No. No. <laughs> everyone in his family mm. snoozing, they have no clue what's going on. Oh man. But he, he waits out the process. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he, he could have just circumvented all that and been like, Hey, Hey, it was me. You know what? I need to confess this. I need to own it. But he
0: waits out the process. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's executed and, uh, and then they move on and then Joshua ends up taking AI instead. He's got this kind of this master mm-hmm. plan to like draw them out. And it's kind of, you know, a little bit of, you know, um, military strategy yeah. employed by Joshua. So, uh, that's always cool. Um, And then Joshua renews the covenant with the people by building this altar that back in Deuteronomy, he was instructed by Moses to build. And he writes the law on the stones and he teaches it to the people. And uh, and okay, here we go. Fresh start, everybody.
1: Fresh start. We've uh, we're back on track. And then they make a treaty with a local group that they were supposed to destroy. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. I know that. I don't know if I should be celebrating the Gibeonites at all, but I mean, it was a—they were—they were slick about this. I mm-hmm. mean, they—they they picked worn-out clothes and sandals, and you know what I mean. Like they—they they thought about it. They, oh yeah, this was
1: like they were. And interestingly enough, they seemed to know the will of God. They seemed to know the plan of God. That—that's mm-hmm. something that I think throughout these conquests, because this sort of wraps up quickly with these conquests. Mm-hmm. But people knew that God was up to something. Oh yeah, right. Uh, when they go to Rahab. Mm -hmm. Rahab says, everyone in Canaan has heard about the God that you serve and how he brought you through the Red Sea Mm -hmm. and how he is going to give you this land. Mm -hmm. We all know. Yeah. And then she calls him the one true God. Mm -hmm. And she contributes to God's plan and is saved. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Gibeonites kind of do that in an underhanded way. Sure. Lying. Maybe they don't know how else to come alongside but they do come alongside. I, I don't think it helps them out in the end. No. Uh, they, they were told to put everyone to destruction, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of the assimilation instead of the annihilation, which causes them a problem it's not a pure land mm-hmm. and never is. Uh, but as we go into the conquest, there's always this idea of these poor people never had the opportunity to hear, to understand, or if you want to use the word, choose, mm-hmm. whether or not they were going to be on the side of God or not. In Genesis, Abraham's told... You're not going to get the land yet because the sin of these people has not yet been made complete. Yeah. And it has now. Yeah. Uh, And and, and then we have this idea where there are sojourners living among them. Yep. And everyone in the land knew who God was Mm -hmm. and what God's plan was. Yeah. And they either chose to join forces and fight against Mm -hmm. or some chose to sojourn amongst them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I find it, I find it baffling. The, the pride that must have existed amongst these kings who knew this knew the inevitability of God's plan knew like the success ratio especially once we get in the, the next few chapters like how successful the armies of Israel are like to say well I, I think I can take them like mm-hmm. how how arrogant and prideful like what you think you're going to be the, you're going to be the one you're right. going to be the showstopper right. like I'm the guy yeah no no yeah. but that's just that's that's the pride that often you know, comes alongside you know power and position. Quick highlights. Um, you know what? For me, there's a there's a passage back in Deuteronomy 30. There's a verse there, um, and essentially, it's it's after um, Moses has kind of explained the curses for disobedience, and he's kind of he's reintroducing them to um, to the law, and he's essentially just says like this this law, it's not too hard for you. And I think oftentimes when we talk about the law we think, oh, you know, we almost we almost feel like God was being unfair in in placing the burden of obedience to the law on the people.
1: I know. I, I've heard it taught so many times that no one could follow the law. Yeah. I, I think it'd be fair to say no one would follow the law. Yeah. But not because not
0: because he doesn't ask them to fly. No, and he doesn't and here's the thing too, like Within the law, there are allowances for the faults that people make. Right. Like essentially, the, the law is placed upon an entire society and how they govern themselves. So when people sin, when people transgress God's law, um, there are parameters, there, there, are, there are directions given on how that's to be dealt with. So it's not like, oh, God was so unfair because the first time somebody ate you know a morsel of pork then it's all you know it's all going to fall apart no it was that the entire nation as a whole continually and for extended periods of time turned to idol worship and rejected God and his law and his ways like that like if they had just stayed true to God even even with their their issues they would have enjoyed the the uh blessings of that obedience
1: yeah i think it's fair to say we'll see this when we get into the prophets but it's fair to say that israel does not come under the wrath of God at any point because of the law. Mm-hmm. There's never, there's never a, oh, you wore a shirt with two fa- two uh, fabrics blended together. Yeah. It, it's never that. It's always the worship of false gods. Mm-hmm. So this is not about failing to keep the law at any point. This is about abandoning it altogether. Exactly. So there's no point in the law that he points to except for the very first one, the one that mattered the most, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, inside of that it's it's just about turning from him and not about failing mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and and that they are were capable that they were given grace uh yeah. it's just an important thing to keep in mind because I think sometimes we forget that and sometimes we yeah. see we see Israel as a victim mm-hmm. right like they were given this law that could not be kept mm-hmm. uh and when they didn't keep it. God came down on them with vengeance mm-hmm. uh, they tried their hardest, but yeah. it just didn't work out in the end yeah which is not the case at all yeah it's exactly the opposite. yeah and
0: soon as we bring that mindset into our contemporary situation to say, oh well, because you know I can't live up to the calling of Christ likeness. I can't be you know a fully obedient like walking in full obedience on a daily basis you know therefore you know th- that's an unfair expectation for God to put on me. And he's like, he just wants you to cling to him. He just wants right. you to trust in him and put your faith in him. That's what he wants you to do. And the, and the, the obedience thing will, will come around if you stay true to him. But the, the reality is that people don't.
1: And we, we, don't need to, we don't need to, in that way, fear the heavy hand of God, always looking for his opportunity no, to crush no, us. No, 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 Instead, and I would say this is my highlight, instead we are about the things of God, seeking his face, doing what he has called us to do, mm-hmm. surrendering our lives Totally to him and his work, yeah. uh, and pursuing that with strength and with courage. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I particularly like this idea of of being not just strong and courageous, but but the courageous part of it, because the New Testament is going to use that courage all the time in talking about the way we address God. Right? Mm-hmm. We come to him with confidence. Mm-hmm. Why do we come to him with confidence? Because The way has been made for us. We are not making the way, but the way has been made for us in Christ. So we approach him with confidence. That's in in Ephesians, and that shows up again in Hebrews, Mm -hmm. uh, that we come to the throne of God with confidence because what Christ has done for us. Mm -hmm. So we know the word of God. We spend time in the scripture. We know the person of God. We spend time in prayer. We are adjusting our lives to what is eternally the kingdom's work seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness trusting that all these things will be added into us in the end and and we go forward yeah being strong and courageous in his work mm-hmm. and in the meditation of his person and his plan yeah Amen. awesome Amen. well thanks for listening this podcast is a resource of memorial baptist church in stratford ontario and is produced by the alex Walker. have a good week
0: see everybody